Welcome and thanks for tuning in to Diving Deep with DL. Light is used for various reasons. Mechanics use it, home inspectors, campers, obviously police, fire, and military use it. As a matter of fact, we all use it. At one time, the candle was a primary source for light. And if you need a blaze of light, go get a torch. We all look to the SUN because we surely need light in order to eat and live. But before we go too far, I want to get it right out in the open. God created light. His proof? Genesis 1-3, when God said, Let there be light, and there was light. When God separated the light from the darkness, He created the circadian cycle. When Jesus said, You are the light of the world, did you take Him seriously? Or did you think He was only talking to them? You got your tanks? Let's dive in. This segment is titled, Discipleship, the Way of Life, Are You a Light? I would like to start off this segment with some questions because I believe that if we really want to hear a wonderful testimony of God, that would be him saying to his disciples, you are a light. And that's a phenomenal promise of God as well as a phenomenal blessing to be a light. But if you're the light, why aren't you being the light? If you're the light, why aren't you lighting up the darkness that's around you? If you're the light, shouldn't you be like a city on a hill that cannot be hidden? Are you hidden or are you shining brightly? Based on God's word, light illuminates any darkness. When God said, let there be light, and spoke that wonder into existence, right before he did, darkness was over the surface of the deep. And when he did, darkness immediately vanished. It was no longer occupying the space that it had captured. That same truth and work of God that happens when the light, that is with a capital L, comes into your darkness, and that would be the darkness that's all over the surface of your heart, your mind, and spirit. And then God said, let there be light. And immediately, the darkness that was you became the light in him. Darkness and light cannot occupy the same space at the same time. What amazes me, though, is even in the simplest example, like standing in a doorway of a dark room, when the light pierces the darkness, it vanishes as quickly as the light illuminates. But where did the darkness go? Does the light consume it? Does it rush past you to occupy another space? Does the light overwhelm the darkness so much that it's still there? But light is more powerful than darkness, and it smashes it into a billion particles that only can be reconnected again? What happens to darkness? It does confirm a sure point, however. Darkness does exist. And if it exists in a physical form, then it surely exists in a spiritual. I'm telling you the truth. There is one thing for certain, light and darkness cannot and will not ever have companionship with each other. Believe that. And that's true in the physical, then it's got to be true in the spiritual. And you can trust and believe and have faith in the fact that God's truth 
holds true for his disciples. God commands his disciples to be mindful as to who you are as a disciple of Jesus, joined to, tied to, yoked to, or connected to. Let me say that again. As a disciple of Jesus, God wants you to be very mindful of who you're joined to, tied to, yoked to, or connected to. Listen to what God's command is. Do not be bound together with unbelievers. For what partnership have unrighteousness and lawlessness, and what fellowship has light with darkness? These are not suggestions from God. It's not God's recommendation on one attachment to darkness or unrighteousness. Now, don't go throwing stones. God defines what unrighteousness is, not me. And all I say is, if the shoe fits, then you must be Cinderella. Hmm. Are you going to be faithful to him and do what he says? Or are you going to do what you want regardless of what he says? And then that proves to be unrighteous living. If you're living in opposition to what God says, shoe fits. It really is as simple as that. It's, it's not very complicated. God doesn't say, well, consider, ponder, contemplate. No, he says, do not be. Although we cannot escape interaction with the unbelieving or association and communication with them because the unbelieving and the only true God could be as close to you as the next cube or next to you in line, living across the street or next door. It could also be in front of you at church. But we must never choose unbelievers as intimate friends or connect with them in their idol worship. They're denouncing the truth and work of the only true God, nor consider or adopt their worldview, especially since their worldview is in opposition to the truth of the only true God. You must decide if you will dine at the table of God in the light or in the stall of the devil in the darkness. We all know by experience, light exposes things. I guess that's the main purpose for the flashlight or the light in the kitchen. Can you imagine cooking in the dark? <laughs> that brings to mind my brother-in-law who came to visit recently. Well, he's very gifted at fixing stuff and I'm not. And I love when he comes because stuff that's beyond my capabilities, he does with ease. However, we had fluorescent lighting in the kitchen for years. Well, it worked and it served its purpose. Turn on the switch, lights came on. Well, sometimes, and we had to do the ballast, but that's a different story. He comes and immediately says, you need LEDs. I was thinking, well, this light is just fine, thank you so much. I don't need to expend any additional funds that aren't necessary. The light works. But when he said he could replace the bulbs, rewire the fixture in about 20 minutes, and the cost would be minimal, I went and got the ladder. Now, when those LEDs came on, I love how God makes the obvious so enlightening to his disciples. Yes, brighter for sure. But you know what the brightness did? It exposed the dirt. Now, I thought we were pretty good at cleanliness, but no. And then it hit me. Jesus is the light of the world. When his light penetrates your darkness, he illuminates the sin in your life. 
you must immediately decide if you're going to leave it there like the dirt and let it cake up and become a disgusting pile of yuck just like sin when it piles up and you get used to it although it's rancid and wreaking havoc in your life and those who are around you cannot stand the stench of it nor the damage it's causing begin to slowly move away sin will cause you to blame them for their lack of understanding or being judgmental no it's just you and your sinfulness is so obvious yet because it's cloaked in darkness you are still using the fluorescent light when the LED has exposed what you have been hiding in the dark. So, either choose to leave it there and ignore it, or you can clean it up. And if you clean it up, then that would be your recognition of it and the confession of it to God. Because the light, with a capital L, exposed it. And when you can and see that anything that is apparent to you, that God makes it apparent to you, and then you're acting upon his word, then your cleaning of it is your repentance. And turning from it is where you begin to experience new life. Amen? Now your corners no longer have those lingering sins continually piling up thinking and being deceived to think no one sees them. Always remember, God sees them. And not just the action of them, but the origination of them in your heart. Believe that. As he brings his light to you, you now can see and live a life in the light, with the capital L, that has come into your darkness. Aren't you thankful to God that he exposes what is not pleasing to him so you can live a life that models Jesus's as his disciple and not be standing there on the final day, which is judgment, and God says we'll all stand before God and find that your life was not pleasing to him and you failed to do the will of the Father. And based on what God says, it won't matter how many wonderful things you've done. They were only wonderful in your own estimation. Now listen to what the light has to say. He says, I am the light of the world. This is Jesus speaking. He who follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So the first point I'd like to make is, and I'm going to add an oops here, but this is from the Old Testament. Jesus is fulfilling what God said through his disciple Daniel in Daniel 2.22, which says, It is he who reveals the profound and hidden things. He knows what is in the darkness, and the light dwells with him. Jesus is the only true light that enlightens and illuminates his disciples' darkness. He is the only one, with a capital O, that can penetrate and defeat spiritual darkness. Unlike any other created light by humanity, that has a life expectancy. But Jesus' light will be burning on full blast forever. Listen to this promise in Revelation 22.5. 
and there will no longer be any night and they will have no need of the light of a lamp nor the light of the sun s-u-n because the lord god will illuminate them and they will reign forever and ever since he created light just like he created gravity and he defined gravity he proved that more than twice but God chooses to use the light to glorify the Father and thus doing his will. Are you glorifying the Father and doing his will with the light God has placed in you? You cannot be and walk in spiritual darkness and have the light of God radiating from your existence. That would be a conflict to what God says. And although humanity wants to accept the deception that you can, remember the truth of God will always stand. And you can count on the word with a capital W with a, excuse me, being the judge with a capital J, and he will use his word as the standard, and his truth will prevail. So, my advice, stop living with the lies, because the truth is the judge. And if you are practicing unrighteousness, then expect what God says is the consequence for your practice of unrighteous living. Now, here's the truth that confirms what I just said, which I'm actually reiterating what he said. 1 John 1, 6. If we say that we have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. Let me say that again. If we say that we have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness... We lie and do not practice the truth. So if I was going to say, how does that apply to me? This is how I read it. If I say that I have fellowship with Jesus, that would be his light, which is the power source at the core of my light. And yet I walk in darkness. That would be a life that's practicing sin. And just for edification, that would be anything that is opposed to what God says and whatever is opposed to God is sin. Then that proves I'm a liar and I do not practice the truth, which is the ways of Jesus because he is the truth. So regardless of what one may say, key words, say and practice, easy to say, because lying's verbal. Better to practice righteousness in love, which is action. Because they are two entirely different things. I guess that's why boot camp, athletics, classroom, discipleship practice is so grueling. So when, as a disciple, you come into a spiritual warfare, then you can respond like a soldier in hand-to-hand -hand combat. Your life is on the line. You better be ready game day for an athlete competing at the highest level like the Olympics. How are you practicing? If you're not really taking practice seriously, I guess you didn't qualify. And test day as a student.
didn't study, you're not going to pass. Practicing righteousness is an attribute given by God. Wouldn't you want to practice what God says is pleasing to him compared to what the devil says and it is not pleasing to God? So what does your practice really look like? How much practice are you missing? Why don't you think that practice is important in your spiritual growth, maturity, and usefulness to God? What are you really practicing when you are alone? Because there is no darkness to God. Everything is light to him. So he sees and he knows because he's God. So do I need to say any more than what God just said? I don't think so. So now, let's move on to you, my fellow disciples. That'd be Y-O-U. Now the animal, you. Oh, is it them? Now I know someone's going to say, here we go again. But I'm asking you, is it them or you? I bet, though, if I go and talk about eternal life, you'll say, no, Lord, it's me and them. Oh, okay. So if you do, then all of it applies to you, Y-O-U, as well. Amen? Because Jesus said this, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, and the lampstand that gives light to all who are in the house. So, if you're proclaiming you are a disciple of Jesus, then you are to be the light. Not just a light, but the light. Listen to what he says again. You are the light of the world. Did you hear it? You are the light of the world. Now, here's a better biblical explanation than I could ever give, and it's easy to understand if we just look at the pure milk of the word. It's Ephesians 5.8. For you were formerly darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. That means before God, in his love, grace, mercy, he generated you into new life because you were darkness. Not in it. You were it. The great change of this spiritual condition moved you from a life of piety, blasphemous, wicked, heretical, profane, immoral, secular, materialistic, temporal, worldly, jealous, impure, envious, drunken, idol worship, fits of anger, stealing, murderous, fornicating, adulterous, and all of it, and some more, is spiritual deadness which amounts to total darkness. And he transferred you into the light. Can I get an amen for God's mighty work of salvation? There is no gray area. You are either being the light or still walking in darkness. I tell you the truth. There is no gray area here. You must believe that. And I pray God lights up this topic for us and illuminates the truth of his word. I pray all of it encourages you to live out your calling as a disciple of Jesus, staying faithful to the walk on the ordained path through this dark, wicked, and evil world by the light 
of God that has been placed in you. So how does this wonderful truth and command of God apply to you? And why should you have total confidence God's marvelous light will shine through you, my fellow disciple? The first point is this. Living in a state where sin is in control of your life and the practice of it and its fruits are self-righteousness, profane language, cruel and rebellious behavior, immoral thoughts, words and deeds, worldview determines your perspective, covetedness, greed, selfishness, jealousy, impurity, envy, idolatry, outbursts of anger, sex outside of marriage, sex in marriage, that is not in marriage. And those of you know, know exactly what I said when I said that is ignored and accepted as just the way we are. These are sinful deeds, any and all of them, and cannot be your way of life if you have God's light beaming in and through you into the lives of others who are directly or indirectly involved in your life and must definitely beam to those who are in darkness right now. As a disciple of Jesus, God will use your light as his instrument, and you get the opportunity to be an active participant in the work of salvation in the next convert's life. If you're not living out the light with those God has placed in your life, then you will definitely not live out being the light to someone you don't know. It's in your fallen nature. So why would God use someone who is not being an LED versus a fluorescent light? Yes, your sin nature would say, at least I've got some light. And yet Jesus is an LED. So are you really an LED? Or are you just being a fluorescent? If you are to walk as children of light, God empowers you by the Holy Spirit who is dwelling in you. And he's the source of your power to be and make the light. Through his teaching, you grow in obedience, knowledge, and understanding of God, his holiness, love, justice, mercy, grace, forgiveness, faithfulness, and loving kindness. Those are the attributes you're living out through this light that has been empowered in you. His light illuminates your heart, mind, and spirit. Your life is being conformed to Jesus' image, and God's will and ways for your life as his disciple is a reality. These works of God are really happening. Do you believe they are? As his disciple, you continue in the practice of examining God's word to assist you in self-conforming to God's righteousness. Because in Jesus, we become the righteousness of God in him. That's your 2 Corinthians 5.21. He made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. That's God's word coming alive in you. Please don't ever think that God's living word, which applies to every spot along the linear line of time, was really only for the Corinth church. 
and God's living word really only applied to them and not Y-O-U. As his disciple, you become intentional. You become purposeful in creating distance from the sin, darkness that so easily entangled you. And now you bring the light, with a capital L, into those dark corners to expose and eradicate it, sin, from your life. Amen? In this life, God entrusts his light to you. Because Jesus says in Matthew 5, 16, let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see the good works and glorify your father who is in heaven. Now, God doesn't say, let my light shine through me because I am greater than he and I could stop it if I wanted to deem to do so. No, (laughs) I am his creation. And I couldn't stop his light from shining anyway. If God desired for it to shine, you remember Isaiah 55, 11? If he wanted a donkey to talk, what would the donkey say? Because see, I would believe he would talk. The question is, what was the message that God put in his mouth? That's the amazing thing about our creator. Never believe you have more power than the creator of the universe. That's deception, that you could stop him. But it is your light. So you are the partaker of God's marvelous light, and therefore his light ignites your light. And just think of the power of his light that is in the midst of your light. Are you tapping into the power source that is available to you by God, the Holy Spirit? Because when you are the light, then God empowers you. And not only them. To see more of his work by his spirit. And when God has done, is doing, and will be doing in all of his creation. Which is as much as those who are in darkness cannot and will not. That is, unless God brings his marvelous light to them, just like he did to you. So, Jesus is the eternal light. And listen to what John 1.5 says. The light shines in a darkness, and a darkness did not understand it. Now, the first thing I picked up on was the word light had a capital L. And although God's word uses light many times, as a matter of fact, 263 in my NAS translation, the only time light is with a capital L is when God is speaking of Jesus. Jesus is this eternal light. He's also the eternal word. And that would be with a capital W. Now, since the fall of man, every person born on this planet was born into spiritual darkness. Because of sin and death entered the world through the sin of one man, then all have sinned. Therefore, when sin and death entered, so did everything that was not God's perfection. Because the light shines into the darkness. 
and Jesus, who is the light, shines into darkness. He's not illuminating a dark room or a dark night. He's lighting up the darkness, which is you, me, and every disciple before you and after you. Because God made it obvious and unmistakable by what has been made. As we head back up, take this with you. If Jesus says you are the light of the world, it's really you and them. It's better for your sake as a disciple of Jesus to be a doer, practicer, than a sayer, talker. Your attorney does rest on what Jesus has done and what he is doing in and through your light. God says, do not be deceived. Bad company corrupts good morals. God doesn't say could corrupt, may corrupt, or possibly corrupt. He says corrupts. Discontinue any intimate relationships with the unbelieving. Yes, you can preach the gospel because they may be the next convert, but yoked up with them, I would say no. Light and darkness have no fellowship with each other. They are in opposition in the physical realm and the spiritual realm. Believe that. When God's light exposes sin in your life, what you do right after that speaks volumes as to whether you will be at the table or in the stall. There is no gray area between righteousness and unrighteousness, light and darkness. And if you need LEDs to change the brightness of your space, get them. Let me pray for you. Abba, we love you and we thank you for today. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Abba, thank you so much for giving us the opportunity to bring forth your light into the darkness that is around us everywhere. Continue to empower your disciples to bring forth your truth, to bring forth the gospel of peace so that the light of Jesus Christ may come out and light up every corner of every heart on this planet. Let us be those useful vessels that you can empower to do the will of the Father. Darkness appears to be overtaking, but yet over there is light, and over there is light, and over there is light. Make them like moths that are drawn to the light of Jesus Christ. Thank you for today. Thank you for this opportunity to speak the truth in love. Thank you for Jesus, and it's Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thanks for tuning in to Diving Deep with DL. The Lord's loving kindness indeed never cease, for his compassions never fail. They're new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Have a great week of worship, and keep walking the way. <laughs>